The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the host and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody's super quiet now. Nobody wants to say anything. Nope. <laughs> now it's official. I want to rip that bandit. Now we're on there, man. I said, uh, I told Faye, because of a song that we heard on the block, we have to have a specific intro song. Okay. It would have been nice if I had it queued up, right? Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. Thank you, Disembodied Voice. Mm-hmm. It's appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were... Where were we? We were on Bourbon, and anybody who follows me on Snap uh, would have heard this. But, Rich, you're of a certain age. And yeah. You have parents of a certain age, so I'm sure you've heard this song a whole bunch of times. Um, I've never heard it on trumpets before, but I was really impressed. It's really going to ruin the effect if for some reason um, I choose not to load up because iTunes is being silly right now. Well, imagine it's in our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> imagine it's in our hearts. I love it. Well, I now, post. There you go. Now make sure we do speak up because maybe some people can see the mic. Maybe some people can't, but it's definitely there. So Yeah, it's, yeah. it's magic. It's a magic mic. Wait, wait. <laughs> hey, Cardi. Oh, see, Cardi. There it is. Oh, this is it. This is it. There we go. So you heard this on trumpets. We heard this on trumpets and like plastic uh, buckets. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Now, did they go down the street with it or did you guys like ask them? They were just on the street doing it. It was amazing. It was great. So yeah, this is us being smooth, welcoming everybody into our PW Torch East Coast cast, Deep Dive with Rich Fan, South Congress podcast, triumvirate that is this show. Um, it's your man Cameron, here with Rich, here with Gil, um, just talking about our early WrestleMania week experience. Um, here, I'm gonna really DJ the shit out of this watch. Are you gonna go with the smooth fade? Super smooth fade. So you can spell fade without the disembodied voice. Yeah, I mean, and there's the a D and an E. No, they know. Well, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. You can't spell fade without fade. There you go. So, that I, I gave away the joke. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the joke. There we go. I'm Cameron, Gil, Rich. Um, so we are in uh, New Orleans for WrestleMania, taking in all of the events of the WrestleMania week. Um, we've been to different shows, different conventions, seeing people on the street. Just want to give everybody kind of a feel on the things that we've seen, the things that we've done um, to let you know about, you know, night one and a little bit of day two as far as what we've seen with all the different companies, organizations, promotions that have wrestling events during WrestleMania week. Um, this is actually my second time being here in New Orleans, so kind of have a feel for the city as it goes. I know the places to get food really late at night. Um, outside of that, um, did spend some time at WrestleMania Access, um, but we can kind of talk about that because Rich, Gil, and I all were there together, but Rich, kind of fill people in first on the show that you do and second on kind of your experience up to this point outside of what we shared together. Yeah, sure. So I do the deep dive on the torch outside of the East Coast Cast VIP with uh, Trav and Cam. Uh, so with the deep dive, I spend every Saturday from 6 to 7 Eastern 
diving into one subject and we just go as deep as the fans want to go on the phone or as deep as I want to go if it's an area of interest. And it's usually fun. I overthink things, so it's a nice way for me to overthink. And to the point where I have an Excel spreadsheet that I've been using for the last two months to figure out what the heck I was going to be doing and then what we were going to be doing as a team in terms of coverage. And so, speaking of coverage, we went to WWN at uh, the Punch Train Center and watched Progress this morning, or this afternoon, I guess. Uh, that was Progress 66, Marty Graps. And uh, it was a really good show. It was, since it was a chapter show, Progress is a show where each, like, you know, WWE says they're the most episodic, blah, blah, blah. Progress <laughs> has chapters, and each chapter tells a different part of the story that builds the, the events themselves build upon themselves. So when they came last year, it was kind of a one-off. It was just like, they're going to show the best they got, blah, blah, let's go. This week, tonight, well, today, and then tomorrow, chapter 67, which I, I think uh, you'll pre bourbon is also a biscuit, is the name of that chapter. <laughs> and so they're going to have some stuff that they figure out storyline-wise that's happened in this night. Uh, they, had a ch uh, they had a Thunder Bastard match where you have eight men in a Royal Rumble style every two minutes entering. You can win by pinfall submission or by being uh, disqualified. And so that was a pretty good match, and the person who won got the title shot of their choice. It was won by uh, Mr. Athletic Jeff Cobb, who we had some jokes about, but I don't want that smoke. So you had jokes you, about. You had the You're jokes. You're not gonna. And I was like, Cam, you shouldn't say that about that big man. I have warrants. I'm not trying to mess with this. Man. And Cam was like, let the big dog eat. And Everything he sees. Um, see. So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Progress was good. I love Progress because they're all wrestlers, and they, they were the first group before 205 Live, before any of the stuff WWE's doing now regularly, where it didn't matter what your size was, it was what your character was, how well you could wrestle, and that justified you being in that ring. One of my favorite wrestlers that Jimmy Havoc is like 160 pounds. Mm. But he's a sociopath and he'll threaten to murder you with a fire axe. So. I mean, or, that's being 160-some-odd yeah. pounds in a world of 200 pounds. Well, he wrestled tonight, or this afternoon, he wrestled Matt Riddle. Matt mm. Riddle trained UFC fighter four wins in a row before he got suspended for weed. And he pulled out a piece of paper while the ref wasn't looking and gave him a paper cut in his feet. <laughs> no, not Matt sure. Riddle doesn't wrestle with shoes, if anybody's not yeah. familiar. I would say pretty much not, not just in his feet, in between his toes. Ooh. Yeah, the weapon. He was yeah. just quack, quack. Yeah. That is... Sick man. Yeah. He's a sick man. So yeah, so that's what we did. And then later tonight, where Gil and I are going to go to Joey Janela's Spring Break 2, where there will be the Cluster F match, where you can win by pinfall submission or death. They had the Invisible Man die last year, pour one out for him. Rip, rip by, by I am. Uh, <laughs> it was great. It was great, because they actually pulled out paramedics to try to resuscitate him. And they're like, An Invisible Man? Yeah. Wow. And they all played straight, and that's the thing. This week is all about not just WrestleMania, but people finding their flow and finding their avenue without it being necessarily mainstream, which I actually had a gentleman uh, come see us. Uh, uh, what was his name? Oh, I feel so bad. Lawrence. Lawrence and his friend Chris. And he came to shake my hand and specifically during the show last night to say they appreciate the East Coast cast, the deep dive, and the fact that he can see folks and hear folks who look like him talking wrestling because that's a very rare thing. That's been kind of the coolest thing about being down here so far. Like, we went to, uh, you know, the three of us were together at uh, WWE WrestleMania Access. And, like, where I think you guys had actually walked off, 
I, I'm there with uh, a couple of guys I know, and a guy comes up. He's like, hey, like, are you Seahawk? And I'm like, I never know quite how to respond when people say that. Because you sort of be like, yeah, but then sometimes you're be like, yeah. Because you yeah. want to be like the cool guy. The I'm, like, I'm like, no, yeah. He's like, oh, like, I'm... um. I'm A-Rod, like, I follow you on Twitter. And I was like, oh, man, like, it's so cool to see. He's like, because I heard your voice and thought that was you. I was like, wow, I didn't know my voice was that distinctive. But, like, it's great when people respect and appreciate the work that you do Mm -hmm. so much so that they can hear you in a big crowd of people and and recognize that as you. Um, So that was really cool. Like, um, I almost, and it's super corny, and Faith stopped me from doing it. I was going to wear my media badge out today. Oh, see. I didn't do. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I wanted to do it, just to see how that would like change conversation. But it was better not having conversations and being, you know, there with everybody else as a fan. Like we ran into uh, Jeremy Mays. Shout out to Stunt Granny. Um, and we saw him on the block, and he was like, "Yo, like I was." He's like, "I was coming, and I was kind of gonna play it cool." But he was like, "I spent a thousand dollars on plane tickets." And $700 on hotels. Like, I'm going to cheer as loud as I want for the people I like. And it was then, and I was kind of like, look, people are here as fans. Far be it for me to tell you what you should like and what you should appreciate and how you should feel. Um, So let everybody have their fun. Um, One thing that I've seen... Before before you move on, I mm -hmm. should say that isn't just uh, Jeremy Mays' stunt granny. That's Jeremy Hulkbuster Mays. Mm. Shout out to Mays for getting on the weights, man. Like, it's... We saw each other in person four years ago and he's like a whole different person physically it's super impressive um i'm gonna say nice things about maze all night you have just to, to make he will to make throw Weez, you no, to make weeze feel away see i'm like why, man why you i'm like man Jerry, doesn't no, have a breathing problem I, I don't it doesn't matter to me you don't get okay. to choose your nicknames um i'm calling you scooter from now on i'm kidding but no <laughs> like i'm gonna say like, man yeah man jeremy's just in He's just a monster. He's in such great shape just to see him. He's a physical specimen. My God, look at his arms. Look at his, oh my God, the vascularity. But no, it was great seeing him and his wife. They're they're good people and they want to get together later tonight, as a matter of fact. So, got to make that happen. Outside of that, um, let me tell you the one thing I've picked up on Mm. from being out. There are way more Roman Reigns fans than the internet would have you believe. See, I need to know that because uh, one of Bruce's buddies who I follow, Britt Whitmire, his biggest complaint when he does his podcast is, I never see Roman Reigns shirts, and I never see people cheering Roman Reigns. We were in our hotel room, or we're going in line at our hotel. Woman in front of us, her ringtone was the Roman Reigns theme. She's like, oh, who's trying to call me right now? I was like, wow. The big dog, man. Big dog The big dog is calling, right? No, there are legit Roman Reigns fans. I saw t-shirts. Me and Faye saw a kid with the whole, like, with the chest protector and both both wristbands and a glove. Yeah. Like, yeah, we went, um, I did the late night run for food last night, and I'm in Willie's Chicken Shack, and there are, like, grown black women in Roman Reigns t-shirts. So, like, yeah, if, if if you have to fit a demographic, that ain't a bad one to fit. But no, even when we were at Access, like there were mm-hmm. kids in Roman Reigns shirts. I'm like, no, this is really a thing. And I think that when you hear about that vocal minority, like it's kind of true because mm-hmm. people seem to like like him. And it's not even like ironically so. And I'm wearing those things like you would wear a Hulk Hogan t-shirt or like you would wear a, who's another baby face? Like 
Not less less express. That's not fair. No, <laughs> savage. Yeah, yeah, like a savage shirt. Like yeah, you're wearing it like like a John Cena shirt. Right. You're wearing it like a babyface, like the guy you're rooting for. And I haven't heard like a you know fuck Roman Reigns or anything like that. Like there hasn't been any real negativity. It's just like uh, I think the people that we cater to, the people that we talk to, feel strongly about him enough to to state things. But I think that. You know the fan that they're looking to reach still likes Roman Reigns. Like if if he was so bad, what you would hear on a pay per view and what you would hear on a show with there being loud boos and detractors that would carry over. And I don't think his fans would feel comfortable wearing his stuff, but they seem to be yeah. fine with it. I, I would I would think that I mean if 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 his if, if his fandom were at such a level that it was affecting his merch sales that that would be reflected in how he's portrayed on TV. Mm. Like, I wouldn't think, they wouldn't be trying to, you know, quote unquote, you know, quote unquote, give him the belt if he wasn't pushing the merchandise enough to provide a fair amount of revenue for that company. So let's get to it. The three of us were together and separate at different times yesterday for WrestleMania Access. Um, If you had to sum it up in one sentence, what would be your takeaway from the event? Massive. Yeah. What would you say, Gil? If you a term, a sentence, a phrase. I I would I would say it's. Like, I mean, not not to not to you know give it a brand or anything, but like like a Disneyland for. I think you had said it or somebody had said it last. It, I mean, that's the best way to put it. It's just it's merchandise. It's you know it's rides for lack of a better term, like where you know you you create your own entrance. There's a big foam ring mm-hmm. hit for kids so just yeah it's just it's a it's a it's a theme park once a year yeah so and no, i think i think disney world is great fantasy camp mm-hmm. uh vr like whatever you want to put on it it was um like they did a hell of a job um we were lucky enough you know we got in with media credentials they opened that up 15 minutes before it's open to the public so you kind of get to see all of the different displays and all the different stands before anybody else is there. Seeing the Elimination Chamber, like we said last night, mm-hmm. seeing the Elimination Chamber with nobody else around was the craziest thing ever. Because you kind of look at it, because uh, you've seen it on TV so many times, kind of from a downward angle or mm-hmm. from in close, and then you look at it and you're like, wow. Like, I don't even know if this is to scale, but it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, it was great to look at. Um, yeah, just they had rings out, like the big ring that kids could jump in. They had the entrance stand uh, where people could do simulate wrestler entrances. Um, you know, we had matches on display in a full-size ring. Undertaker display, Giant Listed Jericho, um, Women's Revolution display, History of WrestleMania display, uh, old-school 90s superstars entrance, like so much stuff. Um, the historical sets. Yeah. The Piper's Pit where you hit... Uh he had he who shall not be named with a coconut. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, don't let me kind of ramble on about the whole thing. Rich, kind of talk about your experience at Access. All right. So I think the biggest thing from Access was I was amazed at the, and I shouldn't be. And this is what all the wrestlers talk about, so it makes a lot of sense. The way it runs like a machine. So you had at any point upwards of fifteen lines. For meet and greets that were rotated on a certain time and then before I look you know one star's in and then another person's in and it's like a quick change you had Sasha Banks 
by the time we started, it was Sasha Banks. By the time we left, it was Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the main event area. Which says a lot about what people think of her and yeah. him, that they were at that same spot. Uh, I saw Bubba Dudley hop in and start taking pictures with Devon and just giving folks the Dudley boy experience, mm-hmm. which sound pause. Um, <laughs> And I did, yeah, I don't know, man. I, don't, I just, I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Big Dick Dudley didn't show up. Dances with Dudley didn't show up. None of the other family members. It's a did. blessing. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was amazing because then you have enough room in this convention center on one side for the Elimination Chamber and on the other, a fully functioning NXT set for matches, and enough for what would be the equivalent of when we go to Pittsburgh and watch them live without, say, the roof overhang access as far as fans. And it was amazing. And no one knocked each other. Again, just like the Disney effect. No one's jostling each other for seats. It's all first come, first serve. Mm -hmm. And no one was a jerk about it. No one's holding extra seats they don't need. Everyone just hit that common level. We all paid money to be here. We're all fans. Let's not be jerks. And I really appreciate that. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it, but the biggest thing I took away was Baron Corbin. Yeah. And I know Wade gets on, and I know some people get annoyed by it, but Baron Corbin in that half hour did more to sell himself and give himself vulnerability than Roman Reigns has in four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead and jump in. Your experience at Access, the good things, the bad things, um, the important things you took away? I would say the thing I enjoy most about Axis, at least in its current incarnation, are specifically the matches that you can get during, like, in their NXT area, because essentially it's not, it's a good chance you're not going to see those matchups on TV or on the network, mm-hmm. like, like, at, like, there was Cash Zona versus Keith Lee, um, some people from Progress made a, Zach Gibson from Progress had, had a match in one of the many tournaments. It's essentially a place where it's almost like, you know, it's like a, not even like a separate universe. It's just like a little, it's a little moon where, you know, they can take these different wrestlers from different places and put them on there and say, go ahead and wrestle. And then they do, and then nothing, nothing's ever really said of it. I mean, it, it's, I'm sure it can lead, it may eventually for some of these people lead towards some type of deal with WWE. But just, just the idea, like last year, Jimmy Havoc had a match during the NXT, and I, I mean, I... I mean, bless his heart. I don't think we're going to see him and his and what he brings to the table on the WWE and their current PG mm-hmm. incarnation anytime soon. But like I said, just the idea of being able to see those matchups from right now is pretty much just from progress and the WWN related um, federations. I don't know if it would ever branch out further than that. But like I said, just the idea that you can see those matches. Somewhere, is all it, 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 that's endearing in and of itself. I kind of wonder if, like, think about it. We're over there watching the NXT matches, right? I wonder if you're a person coming to WWE Access and your experience with WWE is basically what you see on USA. You know, it's mm-hmm. the John Cena's, the Roman Reigns's, the Seth Rollins's, the Miz's. I wonder if you wander over to that NXT match to see what's going on, or if you're more taken aback by the different things that you see that you're familiar with. And the reason I say that, you know, we have a Keith Lee, 
um, who we got to see put on a match with Cassius Ono. We have your Leo Rushes and your Buddy Murphys that you're only going to see on 205 Live or in NXT. Um, we have Aaliyah and Nikki Cross that you're only going to see on NXT. So I do wonder if new fans got to see the things that we got to see. But as people who venture out a little bit more into more than just what we see directly on TV, mm-hmm. I think that you know that was definitely a boon for us. I don't know if any of that was done to draw new people to what you were doing or if it was to say, hey, person who's a different level of fan, we also have that experience that you want from your progress, Mm -hmm. from your WWN, from all the different companies that are running shows this weekend. We have some of that for you because they put on some good stuff. Now, there was some comedy stuff figured in like you look at. The Nikki Cross Aaliyah match, which had a lot of comedy spots in there. You look at some of what you saw with the Street Profits match. Um, so there were a few things figured in that I thought were kind of comedy, but I do feel like that was there. And probably the stuff that we didn't get to today and what we're going to see some of tomorrow, a lot of that is um, that fan service, those Easter eggs that you get from being you know, loyal to what they do, but also having a taste for some things that they don't typically show, you know? Um, Some of it's also kind of like how the disembodied voice, uh, our director of choice there. Hi, director. We're looking at your business. We're talking about you. Uh, see that? I, I, <laughs> he I, just I caught on. That smoke. I don't want those hands. I don't want. <laughs> no. 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 Forget I said it. Redacted. So, if you want something like, like we were talking about grits, and sometimes people don't like it with pepper, sometimes you don't like it with salt. Mm. Cheese is usually un- unless you're, you know, some people who have no. Chill out. Some psychotic Chill out. issue with dairy. Cheese um, is not that important on things that aren't pizza or nachos. When you put it on top of wow. when you put it on top of grits, it's a great way when I was younger to slip any sort of medicine in or anything you need when you're not feeling good. And so <laughs> it's a good way to drug people. Yeah, it is. And that's what they do. What are we and doing? Here's what I'm doing. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about when it comes to WWE with access having the matches. So, hey, you have Randy Orton. I'm sorry, you have Baron Corbin. Ah, uh, that's wrong. they both about the same person. Married about the same person. We're going to move on. We'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> you have Baron Corbin. You have Nia Jax. And so you have these superstars that people know and recognize. You come over and watch the interview, and, hey, while I'm here, let's see these guys, Russell. Let's see. Who are these street prophets? What is these cups? How does this dude in the uh, rafters already have a flag for them? Which is cool. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's what you do. You slowly introduce these people. Who's this Keith Lee guy wrestling Cassius Ono? He looks legit. He's got a title from another company, and they're playing it up as a title match. Mm. Why is that? And so that's all helpful in getting you to transition and say, hey, these guys are pretty good too. Now, they're not going to go whole hog into saying that uh, this guy is better, but good as that's, that's good enough to get them to watch. Before I say all the good things about this show, I'm going to say one thing that's going to come across as negative. Um, There is, for certain wrestlers of a certain size, um, getting to see them from 10 feet away, Mm -hmm. aesthetically, sometimes can throw off the mystique. Because some wrestlers who were in really great shape for a really long time and maybe let themselves go but are still treated as big deals... It's not the most appealing thing to see them in a certain light. Um, It doesn't detract from what they can do in ring, but the product that WWE sells, it's a bit different. And typically, they do things to mask 
that. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason that super talented Samoa Joe wrestles in and one shorts. Like, there's there's a reason right. for that, you know, and it's to to hide certain things. So, that, who stands out for you with that when we're at Access? Cash is on. Um, who is again super talented and has a great following and has kind of and, and it's weird because the style that he wrestles it probably fits a bit more because he's a bit larger now. Yeah. Because it's he grew hard, into it. Yeah, it's hard hitting. It's kicks. Um, it's hard punches. It's forearms, and so it probably fits a bit better now. But um, you know, with him obviously being of a different size and adjusting his wardrobe to complement that size, it's still a bit off-putting seeing him up close. Because, you know, it, it, I'm not a body-shaming guy, but it does change things a little bit, you know, how you view him. Um, outside of that, though, I, I'm very impressed with what I saw in that tournament. Um, I thought him and Keith Lee um, was just a really good match. Keith Lee is... And it's weird for me to say that I have... Not take issue, but I notice it different in Cassius Ono because Keith Lee is not the ideal power guy for WWE. Like, the thing is, Vince McMahon has this thing about black men of a certain physique that he thinks he can push. Like, there was Ahmed Johnson, Mm -hmm. there was Bobby Lashley, um, to a lesser extent, Shelton Benjamin, because he's a bit slimmer and faster and more technically sound at that point, but that thing does exist. So you have a Keith Lee who looks like an actual strong person. Not like a bodybuilder strong person, but like somebody... If, if you asked me what John Henry looked like in real life, it would be Keith Lee. You know, and um, I, he just carries himself like Rich. You coach football. Yeah. Keith Lee is the guy, you know, if you trick him down, he's the kid you see in the hallway that has to be on your D-line. Yeah. He has to be. Put him on the... He gets off the bus first. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the guy. So, um, it was great seeing them in a hard-hitting... Uh, you know, physical matchup, you know, bumping off the ropes, trying to knock each other down. It was just Bully so fights. good. Yeah, and, and, and he just, to be athletic at that size, too. Like, he can do, to me, he's more of a natural wrestler. And when I say wrestler, I mean what you can do in a WWE ring. Then Bobby Lashley was coming in. Because I think that when you're not jacked to the gills, you can flow better through your moves. Mm-hmm. Like, that... Uh, and you'd have to tell me what the name of it is, me not being familiar, but he kind of does a Baron Corbin end of days into a power slam. Yeah. Which is uh, super impressive. I, I don't know if you can do that being super zero. cut. Is ground zero is what they call it? Mm-hmm. Super impressive. Um, it was a great match, and then he kind of got the Cassius Ono seal of approval with the shake at the end. Um, yeah. But don't let me cover the whole match. What did you guys think of that match specifically? Um, it'd probably be better if Rich takes lead on that because I, I I got to access a little late and I think I caught like maybe the last half or third of the match mm. so yeah I, I thought it was a good bully fight I think last year right before uh, Dijak got signed we went to Orlando and we got to see Keith Lee I was, I, was thinking, I, was, I was just thinking of that match when he was talking about like you know Keith Lee doing doing not doing little man things in a big man body because him and him and Dijak I think had what was considered one of the best matches of the weekend last year. And yeah. They flipped everywhere. Yeah, These are flipped. large men flipping over the top rope to the floor. <laughs> or, heck, their ma- uh, the match he had with uh, Jeff Cobb and Ricochet, where it was two large men and one small man who was just trying to live. And that was... He has this uh, bevy of moves, this 
this personality. I think it's his personality more than anything that comes out. And this is one thing again. And I hate the, I'm I'm doing a Vince McMahon move, and forgive me for the people who are commenting. Uh, <laughs> I need to see Big E and Keith Lee together because they're both jokey guys, but they're both he can bring that viciousness out of Big mm-hmm. E, whereas the other two can't because they're not as big as he is. Because watching him today, we watched him at Progress. He wrestled with a wrestler, uh, uh, David Starr, who is a comedy wrestler. He, he's the product David Starr. He has like a 57-minute introduction that every announcer has to read verbatim or he stops them as he's mouthing along to it. <laughs> he's like, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, the cream in your coffee, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling. I boo every time for that part. <laughs> because reasons. Uh, and... They were wrestling, and he was the mysterious partner because his tag partner couldn't come to the United States. And every time they would do a move, they would use each other as the fulcrum to do it. So, like, he'd do a drop kick off of Keith Lee's chest. And Keith's like, what you doing, man? And then he would just throw him at guys. Okay. And then I got a picture of him looking at Keith Lee like, why? He's like, it worked. <laughs> and he, like, gave him the thumbs up. And so, and even during the match, he's like, wow, that sounds like it hurt. I'm not tagging in, though. And you can hear him saying these things yeah. as the match goes on. So I can just imagine the banter between him and Big E just being idiots as they destroy you. Yeah. Because that's the thing. He When he hit Cassius Ono with that pounce off the rope, so great. my man went a solid six feet. Yeah. And that's enough. Him and Walter. And I think that's going to be what we see on Saturday. Okay. It's a Saturday evening. Like Saturday, ah, 6 p.m. Access Good event is the Walter Ono match. That would be another one to watch because another large. Oh, is it access tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow evening, the, like the session, huh? session yeah. three. So it'd be right before takeover. You can catch that, get, and you two blocks away. Yeah. You can give the live correspondent, get some pictures. I could definitely do that. Dun dun dun. See? I should have told, I should have told Weez to bring his Apple TV or Fire Stick. Again, drop the ball, but it's fine. Okay, so not to go through every single match, yeah. but um, outside of that match, um, who impressed you guys in ring? Like who? Some takeaways of who you saw in ring, um, kind of what they gave you, what you thought. Go ahead, go. Um, please. I mean, I, 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 I that was the, 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 the Mustache Mountain, Sabatelli Moss match. That was the first time I saw that that current incarnation of their comedy act. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm always going to, I think I'm going to appreciate comedy acts more than the average fan. Just because it's, it's all, I've always treated, you know, I've always thought of professional wrestling as a performance, not more so than a sport. It's the performance of sport. It's the performance of competition. So Really quick, Colt Cabana should be a multi-millionaire. Yeah. Because... Well, they broke him. Yeah. But, but he's, like, if, if sports entertainment is your thing, yeah. he's been doing that perfect forever yeah and he should be you know if that's what you appreciate you should throw all your money at him but go ahead i'm sorry so i i said i mean that's and and obviously i mean tyler bait and trent seven are i think relatively accomplished grapplers Mm -hmm. sabatelli and moss i mean they, they play their part very well of the you know the entitled rich muscle bound jerks so I, it, I'm i sort of surprised that they haven't, you know, excelled, haven't r- r- risen their stock more in the, the, even in NXT, regardless of not even like WWE, but that's, I guess that that's something that's 
that the coaches decide, not me. But I'm trying to think, if there's any other matches that stood out. I mean, Leo Rush and um, I'm blanking on Buddy Murphy. Murphy. Buddy Murphy, yeah. I mean, I yeah. The first time I saw Buddy Murphy on 205 Live when they when they started the the cruiserweight title tournament again, his Christmas definitely like I caught notice of like his kicks and everything. And I'm obviously I imagine that was something that he's been doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I don't know what his career was before NXT, but I imagine that, that was probably part of it. And then when they paired him with uh, Wesley Blake to you know become dubstep the tag team, they sort of <laughs> dialed that down, unfortunately. But I mean, and they, they were a fine tag team, but obviously they weren't doing what he was what he's showing now. But then Leo Rush, um, I would argue that they were this generation's version of TNA. And I don't mean the uh, Impact Wrestling, I mean Test and Albert, where Trish became the thing people cared more about than either of them. In their case, it was Alexa Bliss. Yeah. And once she came in the fold, she kind of, they needed to do something and neither one of them did, yeah. at least on the screen. I mean, do what you do, yeah. Murph. I definitely, at first thought it was, like, not, not to make it sound like, you know, so cut and dry, but it was like Wesley and Blake, or Wesley and, Wesley Blake and... Buddy Murphy doing Alexa Blissfully, or essentially giving her a character, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, then she just Frankenstein monstered and yeah. out of you know out of the park and totally outgrew them, obviously, and she's now in a WrestleMania match, mm-hmm. and he's at access, and he's at access. But like I said, I, I feel like couple the, goals, though. yeah, relationship goals. They're still in the same town, yeah. But just 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 what I saw from Leo Rush, like some of the some of the moves he did, like he did like a, a he essentially sat down. On the on the lowest um, ring rope, bounced back up and hit Buddy Murphy with a stunner, and that I mean that's that, pretty impressive. That caught yeah, that caught the attention of a lot of the crowd. Like that that that, that match in and of itself was probably the most crowd pleasing, I would think, uh, from what I saw. I mean, mm-hmm. I obviously I didn't see I we I haven't seen all the matches, but I think that sort of catered to the NXT crowd experience. If you want to call if you want to call that you know its own experience, but that's something I definitely latched onto as well and appreciated. Rich, as far as in the ring, um, what are some things that you took away as being the strong stuff? I think the fact that they didn't have to worry about commercial breaks or waiting for someone to announce something or anything like that. They just could have fun. It was clear watching all of the matches while we were there. They all got to do what they wanted in a way that was entertaining and not just a way to kind of get in and get out. So it was like a step above a house show and below a pay-per-view. So they could be creative, they could do what they want, but they also didn't have to worry about, you're gonna have five minutes cut right before you go out. They know anyone that's out there is here to see them because they've been advertised that these are the times and dates when we're gonna wrestle. So that's that's also a feather in their cap. If you just had these as random matches, then it'd be like, I don't know, I don't wanna stay, I don't know if I wanna stay, if it's gonna be more of this, and then you're like, holy crap, it's Street Profits, oh my God. And, you know, especially when they're building to a guy like Falter, versus Cassius Ono was the quote-unquote main event of next of the next session uh, tomorrow, the evening session. And so that's going up against NXT. And so if they like him that much, that's a big feather in his cap. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the style of what they do here. And for my first access, for my first time covering it for the porch, this has been enlightening. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, um, I came away really impressed. <laughs> I'm that person where when I see you in person, I'm always super impressed with you. Um, Leo Rush was really good, and 
even though he's not the tallest guy in the world, his wrestling style is credible. Mm -hmm. and, and you believe that in, especially in 2018, that in a wrestling match, the things that he can do are, are good enough to beat whoever he's in the ring against. So, um, you know, kudos to him. I think that, uh, you know, Montez Ford is, they figure out what to do with him, man. Like, he's going to be just fine. Um, but Street Profits as a team function really well. Yeah. Um, Here's my problem, though, when it comes to Montez Ford, because we just saw Shane Strickland swerve at uh, Progress. It's another one of those situations where if we don't, if they, we don't see them figure it out with Montez Ford in time, they might sign Shane Strickland to do the same thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. And we've seen that over the years. I mean, look at what happened with both Sin Caras. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, I mean, we hired the guy who screws up, but we already had in developmental the yeah. guy who actually did the thing. No, if they if if they watched, uh, you know, if, if Vince had a black Twitter account, yeah. JTG would be fine right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like JTG could be. I think he still has that look to where he could compete on your two hundred five live and be credible. You know, um, I think I think he's going to be good to go um, as, as long as they kind of take care of him. I, Angelo Dawkins is way more athletic than I ever gave him credit for, and seeing him in person do the things that he did uh, was really impressive to me. Um, girls like Tyler Bate, I didn't know. Oh, well, because, I mean, I just told you that. Okay, yeah, well, I, I've only seen him in the European title tournament in NXT. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he came out, girls were going crazy. I was like, oh, okay. But I got it immediately. You know, mm -hmm. I him. He's 21. His legs are as big as yeah. his hotel room. You know, yeah. he's blonde. Like, you know, you get it. You're like, okay, I, I see what's going on with Tyler Bate. Um, again, Aaliyah was way more yeah. credible. She's as stunning. It. She's stunning in oh, terms she, she, of yeah. appearance. But it was stunning to me to see how well she's, how good she's gotten yeah. in a year and a half. Like you said, wrestling is a performance. Mm -hmm. It's not all about how crisp your suplexes are and how good you look um, having somebody in a key lock. Mm -hmm. Like she was playing up Nikki Cross's, um, you know, ability to be unpredictable. And she was, you know, crowd would yell at her. She yelled back in a way that was credible. Like, mm -hmm. People who can talk shit, that, that's an important thing. Yeah. And to be able to give it back to people is a big deal, especially as a heel. And she was really good at that. Um, and it's funny. I think she worked harder than Nikki Cross did in that match. Because Nikki Cross just had to chase her and jump on her and yell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That's, but, right. that's but, all she had. I mean, she's an accomplished wrestler, too. Mm -hmm. But that, that's sort of her deal. Now, that's what gets her crowd reaction. But, yeah, I definitely yeah. think Aaliyah would have... Has to work more to get the crowd invested in exactly and and, and accomplish it. I think yeah, yeah she yeah. did good. Um, and then you know to bring it all kind of full circle. Um, you know I thought Nia Jax was very good in her role. I think that it, it's interesting to see somebody who didn't anticipate what was coming. And what I mean by that is, you couldn't have told me three years ago Nia Jax thought that she was going to be a role model to not just women, but also men who dealt with image issues as kids. Because, you know, people stood up and told her, like, you are a role model to me because I, I see how you deal with not being what people call an ideal size. And you handle it so well, and that inspires me. 
like even just outside of the storyline and just the confidence with which she spoke um i thought the best question anybody asked the whole time was where she gets her clothes mm -hmm. because it was genuine yeah, like okay. if somebody asking like i love the way that you look how can i look like that like mm -hmm. i just thought it was handled so well um you know a complaint that that i had was are they handling this bully thing well with her regardless of what happens on sunday now the way that i see people respond to her and how she's important to them like it doesn't it almost doesn't matter it still matters like still do the right thing wwe but um it, it was great to see her in that capacity and you could tell how it's still kind of surprising to her but that she's coming into it as far as being a legit role model and spokesperson for something that people go through like they do this be a star thing which i think is a lot of its pr a lot of it's empty but she's the embodiment of that like mm -hmm. she's successful regardless of what a conventional stereotype may say about her and people are responding to that like that's great for her yeah i, I mentioned a bruce the thing i think is most dangerous about what they've been doing with Nia Jax is people don't fr realize that Alexa Bliss has been going around doing talks and be a star for her eating disorders because she was a gymnast and cheerleader and she has weight issues too so using her as the weapon and Mickey James is kind of uh, tone deaf and in terms of what they're doing I mean you could look at those women and say they're fit beautiful women but the struggles they've had that in case of Mickey James were on TV uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous game to play but I was walking in to our hotel, and Gil was going to go get our, the rental car, and the porter pulled me to the side when we were talking about WrestleMania, and he's like, hey, I got to tell you something. Uh, Dan Seven's here. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And then he's like, and then he just like, look, he's like, also, if you get any WrestleMania tickets, I need to go because that night Jax is fine. Yeah. This is a white dude from Louisiana that is trying to get a ticket off me to see Nia Jax. To see Nia Jax. Yeah. Like she, they, I, again, just like with Bailey, they can mess around and mess up because mm. she could be a monster for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's, uh, again, WWE hasn't really had somebody who looks like that. And I think that because, you know, for the longest, you had to be 6'3 and up 250 and up to be a main eventer on the, on the flip side with women you had to be you know somewhere between 110 and 128 pounds right. and that's just because that's what they thought people wanted um and people have a very wide variety of what they find attractive and i've you know we've made it very clear um yeah she's she's way up there and seeing her in person was great um you know her and charlotte street clothes legends <laughs> Street Clothes Hall of Fame. It's amazing. But no, um, yeah, yeah, she's great. And just the, um, because she seems still kind of like all shucks a bit about mm -hmm. how people respond with her, even though she's confident in her character. It's just really impressive to see. Um, I guess we'll close with Baron Corbin. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. And what's weird is I probably posted the same status in four or five Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And it was that my biggest takeaway from Access is that Baron Corbin gets it, and if they let him be himself, he'll be a babyface star. Like mm -hmm. he's, um, I, I guess I'll get mine out of the way first. Um, kind of what got me was he's very humble. Yep. And a lot of people are humble. Like that's not a real compliment because I think you can fake humility. 
I think he's humble because he got humbled, and he's not afraid mm-hmm. to admit that. A yeah. lot of guys wouldn't go that extra mm-hmm. step. Yeah, I think he, you know, he was he was kind of shooting upward and then had a setback, um, and and I think that did affect him. The thing that got me, um, you can be humble and not, I don't really care. He's a student of the game, and that's what kind of got me. The first thing he talked about was how much he appreciated where NXT started to where NXT is now. Mm-hmm. And then it turned to, you know, how successful his peers are, like how well they do as performers. And then he had things to say about people in the company and how good they were at certain things, how he'd want to emulate them, advice that he's been given. I was just like, oh, like, wow, you're not, you're not ultimate warrior for lack of a better way of saying it you're not guy backstage who has it made and doesn't listen to anybody or anything and he did kind of close with you know i kind of like i like you don't let people you know influence everything that you do but no he knows who's wrestling around him who's Mm -hmm. on the card what things are happening on other shows like he's a student of what he does and for him to on screen be shit talking bully and being good at it, even though I think they nerf him a bit on the main roster. Mm-hmm. But I think you can see in his matches, regardless of what happens with the punches, kicks, and throws, the way he talks to the guy in match is so natural. Okay. And it's how a bully would talk, you know? And then, you know, for us to see him in the ring at access and just be like, just all the things he said, how much he knew about where he works, I- I'm just, I'm taking it back. I'm so impressed. If they shave that guy's head, and put him in some, and, and you know we we talked about it. Like he's you know you go from NFL lineman to WWE wrestler. There's uh, not a learning curve mentally, but your body has a learning curve yeah. of adjusting to how they want you to look. You know he's so tall. Like it's it's a lot that has to be done. But that finished product, once he gets there physically, if they let him be the guy that we saw tonight. I think that he's a more natural babyface than probably a lot of guys would be. Um, and it's just such a stark difference in what we see. But no, all of a sudden, Baron Corbin is a guy I'm rooting for, and it's the weirdest thing. Uh-huh. I mean, you have a guy like Arn Anderson, Fit Findlay, trying to look out for him. You have mm-hmm. an Undertaker giving him crap for not earning every punch he throws yeah. and making it seem like it's worth Wait, something. Wait, and let me not cut you off. Yeah. Arn Anderson... Fit Finley and The Undertaker are in Baron Corbin's corner. Like, if that doesn't sell you on him, I don't really know what you want. But, yeah, go ahead. And then that means to get in the room, Regal. Yeah. He talked about Triple H. A lot of people said great things about Triple H, but he said a lot of nice things about Triple H. Like, he's, that's really Papa over Mm -hmm. there. So, yeah. And he treats it like a cook. Like, when he talked about the call-up story, and he's mentioned that on his WWE 24, it was akin to a head coach that just... He knows what buttons to push his players. He can he has to coddle some people and say, hey, you know, you're going to be called up. I hope you're ready. He's like, yeah, you're going to be on Raw tomorrow. Good luck. Get your bags. Or what was it? WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania. You're, yeah, you're going to be WrestleMania, Andre Giant, Memorial yeah. Battle Royal. You're going to win the Battle Royal. And you're going to win. Yeah. Have fun. <clears throat> and uh, he's probably, I don't know how old he is. But he's, I root for the kids. Yeah, yeah, like I root for the kid. I want him to be all right. That was just so yeah. impressive, man. Um, 
So yeah, um, that's about what I have for the first day. Um, it was a great experience. I plan on doing at least one more of these. Um, we're cutting it short because people are asking us on stream what time we're going to dinner because they want to meet us. So we're headed out there. Um, I'm not doing anything else. Oh, Where is there? Where? Um, if you're watching this and you're like on Periscope and you all of a sudden pick this up, uh, Lucy's Retired Surfer's Bar and Grill. Um, that's where we're going to eat dinner and eat turkey burgers immediately. I'm so excited about it. Um, I've been raving about these, so hopefully they cook them right out here because I've been telling everybody. Um, but yeah, I plan on doing at least one more of these. I know early tomorrow I plan on being at WrestleMania Access. Rich is going to be there as well. He's doing progress at noon. At noon, So if you guys are watching this, you want to come out, say hi, got questions, comments, whatever, we'd love to shoot the breeze with you. Um, but outside of that, it's been a joint production of Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast. Deep Dive with Rich Fan and the South Congress Podcast for Gil and Rich. I'm Cameron, and we're out. South Congress and the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast have two online stores to buy shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, notebooks, and more. Visit redbubble.com and tpublic.com and search Seahawk to see all of the merchandise. We run specials every few weeks, so join the South Congress and East Coast Cast Facebook fan pages for all the details on our online specials and promotions.